good. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Fierce Telecom Podcast. Back again, of course, for this second series. And as you know, my name is Alejandro Piñera, your host. And today we have a very special guest with us, someone who can talk to us about any number of topics. Of course, EY is an organization that I feel is omnipresent in our industry and many others. But I'm very excited to uh, to have Tom Luzon. He is the Global Tech Communications Leader at EY. Tom, an honor and a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it. So, Tom, before we we dig in, an opportunity for those listeners who might not be familiar with you and and your organization um, over there at EY, what do you guys look at and and what do you oversee? Yeah, sure. No, So, uh, as you say, um, telecommunications leader globally. So that means I focus on the telecommunications companies across the globe um, and basically try them, try to help them become uh, more successful companies. Um, I would say as EY, we cover indeed from strategy to realization. Uh, so we work with our clients to figure out what are the most important strategic themes to, to act upon and then also work with them to define how could you best do that. Uh, and then we have a very broad portfolio, which goes from uh, operational excellence, expertise, technology consulting expertise, data analytics, but also we understand about tax, legal, you know, financial, uh, uh, financial uh, uh, acumen, all the different things to um, uh, well help our clients uh, flourish in uh, in today's business absolutely i love the the breadth that you guys have because every discussion with an ey team member is is always interesting because you can bring in expertise from all angles now today of course we're going to talk about the digital home some of the challenges the opportunities there i had a chance to to read some of your decoding the digital uh, home um report that uh, came out you some interesting and uh, very um unexpected I would say findings there and some that, that might be some trends that that are, are coming to play now. And, uh, you know, I, I want to preface this by saying, right, so we've had a, a few years of uh, a very uh, unique circumstance where a lot of us were home a lot more than we would have been in the past. And of course, that's had an impact on the media that we consume and, and uh, how we engage with it. But of course, now things are, are perhaps not rebounding to as it were, but but reaching a, a new equilibrium. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on, on how that's going. Okay. So, Tom, yeah, let me begin with perhaps the biggest topic in people's minds, at least I'm here in the UK sitting in an unprecedented, or at least unprecedented in, in recent times, cost of living crisis. Uh, inflation, uh, very high, not only here, of course, but in, in different parts of the world. A lot of pressure on households in terms of how they budget, how they use their money. And of course, um, the digital home is is uh, not immune to that. So how do, you, how do you see price increases currently perhaps undermining appetite for connectivity, content, is it uh, actually having an impact? And how can these service providers uh, respond to that trend? Yeah, no, it's clearly it's it's a big uh, it's a big theme right now. So the uh, the increase of prices and whether the pressure on households to uh, to say, hey, where do I spend my money? Um, I think in terms of uh, connectivity, you know, clearly we've seen a, a surge during the period when COVID um, 
basically demanded people to uh, to work from home you know get their education for their for their kids um so um many uh, clients in that period actually stepped up to uh, you know faster uh, faster uh, uh, broadband connections i think what is happening is one yeah they are more uh um um, conscious of the money that they spent on it. But I think there's also some additional uh, things which are playing a role. Um, one is, and, and we may talk a little bit about that later, that many people also feel that all the time they spend um, in this digital world, um, you know, they actually like to spend some time in the real world, have some real experience with friends, meet people, and sort of try to get the balance back to, um, to more, you know, well, let's say real life face-to-face physical uh, experiences, which, uh, uh, um, well, would actually also make them decide to maybe spend a bit more money in that space than in uh, in the space of the digital, uh, digital life. I think the other thing is that um, typically when you sort of go to um, uh, faster broadband speech, you also have the opportunity to combine that with all kind of content. And I think increasingly consumers feel like that that is not necessarily necessarily what they want. And as I said, we may hit on this topic a little bit later in the conversation, but um, for uh, consumers for households, reliability, uh, you know, a stable connection to be able to do uh, the work from home that you need to do is a much more important item. So thinking about what uh, what telcos could do, I think sort of shifting the emphasis, shifting the proposition and how they uh, bring it to market is probably an area that would be uh, helpful, especially in this period of, um, you know, increasing uh, prices for everything. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I remember uh, when the recession of the, you know, 2008 onwards came up and I was just starting in telecoms at the time and, and someone told me, well, no one ever downsizes their, their cell phone, their mobile phone. Um, and, you know, I think the complexity of the digital home obviously is different, but I guess there is some element there that people will always seek to have that uh, within their home. Now, yeah. Uh, on that point um, around how we're consuming digital media, um, one of the points in, in your report, the previously mentioned report, is that there is a downsizing in some regions and age groups of, of um, using these stream, streaming platforms. Now, the way I see it as a consumer, um, far from being an analyst in this space, but there seems to be a streaming platform propping up just about every few months, uh, at least here in, in the UK. And, and I know from colleagues in the US as well. Um, recently, there uh, there was an article I read, and as a football fan or a soccer fan for, for our friends in, in the US, there was an article stating just how many platforms you needed to have in the UK, how many subscriptions you needed to have to watch, uh, you know, European football, national domestic leagues. It seems like a, a, a big investment to say. Yeah. So, yeah. What what's the trend there? What are what are you seeing when it comes to different age groups and, and these regions? And, and is there actually a withdrawal from streaming platforms or are people just becoming savvier? Yeah, so uh, I would say so indeed, you know, people are actually much more critically looking at all the different platforms that they have. I think, you know, telcos have done sort of an attempt to integrate them as part of their proposition. Um, honestly, I think I, by most of them a little bit clunky where, where you have like you know number one to one to see fireplay and one to six to see netflix which are numbers that nobody actually remembers and and and, and the other way around is that you sort of you know be guided through um, through your samsung uh, uh, application to to work it that way so it, it's not that 
integrated, honestly. Um, so, um, but most actually in, uh, in in the US, there is still an appetite to um, to get the uh, to get the content directly from these kind of platforms. Um, I think in Europe there is, you know, there has been a, a, a an increase during the whole pandemic. Um, um, and, and people uh, subscribing to it. And we now see actually a downturn of, of, of that appetite to consume all that content. So, Sure, yeah. And, and I guess a, an important point, something that's been spoken a lot about in the media, of course, again, reference in, in the work you guys have done is, is personal data and, and privacy. Um, you know, are people becoming smarter about what they share and also just how much... Um, does our, you know, Netflix viewing history tell about ourselves? What, you know, how is this influencing households' decisions in terms of the the streaming that they use? Yeah. So the, the concern about uh, uh, platforms and, and others having, um, uh, you know, having their data has has gone up. Um, I think that probably is driven also by an understanding that as people are are spending a larger part of their life online so not just the occasional gaming but also you know during the uh, during the pandemic the um, uh, the conversations with the physician uh, uh, the shopping uh, uh, the shopping not just of sort of uh, um, you know the occasional luxury good or the occasional um, um, things that you needed but but also day-to-day grocery uh, uh, the, the banking that has all gone up but with that also an understanding that you know all that data should be uh, should probably be uh, be very secure and and and, and kept in a, in a good way and so the consciousness that that's not necessarily happening everywhere has has definitely gone up interestingly enough uh, uh, especially in the young uh, uh, and the younger age groups that's uh, uh, that's a concern and it's also something that you know if we look at it uh, is something where uh, uh, communications providers who offer uh, their services could basically uh, stand out and, uh, and and help their clients that, you know, there is a, a secure uh, way in which that data gets treated and, uh, and, and they should not so much uh, worry about it. So there is an opportunity there to, uh, to do more. Is anyone doing that at the moment that you think is, is noteworthy or, or a particular country that's put in the right measures uh, in terms of privacy control? Um, so I, I, I guess every, you know, every telco across the globe is sort of doing things in, in that space, uh, uh, offering uh, uh, security packages to the uh, regular broadband uh, uh, connection. Um, I don't think anybody particularly stands out in that uh, in, in in that space. Um, let me think. Well, that, that I think is telling in yeah. itself. You know, there's a lot of yeah. work to be done from everyone, which is... Uh, yeah, I think so. Sure yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about something uh, else that, that's often related to digital media consumption, um, especially since, uh, you know, the, the COVID lockdowns that you mentioned and, and how people needed to yeah. be far more connected than before, which, which of course, is mental health. So, um, you know, there there's some stigma or some, not stigma, but rather uh, concerns associated with that online exposure. Um, I'm sure there's evidence out there to, to back up the, the fact that you know, a digital native uh, lifestyle comes with some uh, potential risk. Uh, you know, where where does the responsibility lie here? You know, 
know, I, I think sometimes speaking about regulation can can make people uh, already be a bit standoffish. But is there some some role to play here from regulators, from governments, or even the um, the uh, carriers and operators themselves? Yeah. So um, I think the concerns indeed have have gone up. Forty uh, percent uh, of household on average, you know, more concerned than before the pandemic about privacy and security of personal data, but also um, especially under younger groups, right? They're afraid of personal data being uh, being disclosed. Um, I think there is a role to play for uh, uh, for, for for government. Um, I think, yeah, there is, of course, the idea that like a good shopkeeper is uh, uh, responsible for uh, for making sure that, you know, things in the shop go in a proper way and a good restaurant or uh, cafe uh, uh, owner is, is supposed to make sure that things, you know, work well and, and, and people behave in, a, in an acceptable way. Um, you know there is a demand. I think that you can uh, that you can put to um, to the platforms. At the same time, you know there is clear clear rules and regulation um, uh, amongst those uh, you know physical um, uh, uh, entities that I just spoke about in terms of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Uh, and I think throughout the uh, the decades, also we sort of figured out what are sort of the boundaries of of, of where things are no longer acceptable. I think there should be um, um, a more uh, guidance around that from government towards these platforms. Um, I think also, honestly, in in terms of you know the follow up of of behavior, which is not so much acceptable. I think we very much still today focus on you know things which happen in the in the physical world, which which are not okay and 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 have well. To, to speak about it in a very concrete terms, have police follow up on those events much more than on digital events for whatever reason. And so I think, yeah, we're, we're playing catch up. I think there is a bigger role to be played there. Sure. Um, and I guess, we're, you know, we're all getting uh, more acquainted with these risks and I'm sure law enforcement and regulators and whoever it is will, will also be on that on that learning curve. Um, so then to switch gears again, just a little bit about um, the, the providers and how multiplay uh, packages can can provide value. Uh, I yeah. think there's there's this general sense that there's a lot of complexity built into packages at the moment, especially when they're trying to cater pretty much everything to everyone, right? So becoming very personal. Yeah. Yeah. How, how can these packages be a differentiator? And, and we had a podcast uh, actually in the first season um, with Visible, a US uh, MVNO, whose whole uh, value proposition is we have one package. This is it. And, yeah. uh, and it, it's uh, actually a, you know, a core part of, of their messaging. Does that translate yeah. to, to a digital media uh, ecosystem? I think there's more complexity there in terms of the variety. But but how can these um, these uh, service providers use that to their advantage? Yeah, so I think you're right, right? It, it, it should be simpler. What we found is that uh, actually the majority of the people, you know, go online, try to find the package that fits them, uh, don't figure it out. And then decide to go to uh, to a shop. Well, not only is that expensive, but also, of course, there is a a, a point where well, they could go to any shop uh, after that point in time versus ordering, you know, with you at that at that point in time. Um, um, th 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 there's a few other points to be to, to be to be mentioned here. One is that um, most uh, uh, telcos still very much 
speak to the speed that they provide when they um, when they speak to packages whilst you know what our research tells us is that reliability is a much more important thing than the speed actually the i thought it was 40 up to 50 percent of the households doesn't know what speed they actually bought if you ask them so so that's how important that is but indeed you know besides sort of well, focusing maybe not on the most essential uh, points, uh, there is all kind of buildups and, and different things and additions and ads that you get when you when you order your package, which makes it complex. And I think the um, the fact that the majority of the people then decide to go to the shop is is not a good thing. Um, one package, yeah, could be a good one. Maybe it's three packages, but it's now the combination of all kind of different packages with different kind of options, which is way too uh, too complex and turns people off, basically. Absolutely. Simplicity is king. And um, I think uh, everyone's realizing that slowly. Um, and, and just to close out, obviously, we've, we've been talking a lot about the household and, and people's um, preferences when it comes to digital media and broadband uh, services in their home. But something yeah. that we are, of course, uh, seeing and and, um, and I don't think will change anytime soon is people working from home, if not full time, at least part of their time. Now, that has to have a certain impact on these services, um, whether it's broadband access or just security um, and, and other sort of mission critical uh, services that you would need to carry out uh, different um, different jobs. So, yeah, what, what are you seeing yeah. in terms of the trends on connectivity and, and more importantly, perhaps for this conversation on digital home um, to cater for yeah. that distributed workforce? Yeah, no. So, so I think, you know, one of the things and we discussed a little bit about, you know, reliability, uh, uh, one way to deal with reliability is that besides a, a fixed broadband connection is to also offer a mobile connection as a, as a backup. So that has come indeed to life, which, um, you know, now being offered in several, uh, several countries, by several, uh, several telcos, packaging security in. Uh, a good idea. What we've also seen is especially more focused on uh, single office, home office kind of companies, small medium enterprises, is to offer them the opportunity to also, you know, put data on the cloud, get that secured, and sort of facilitate indeed the working from home. And other places, it's been more focused on, uh, um, well, maybe not working from home, but educating yourself from home, even you know, putting in equipment for uh, uh, for households. To, uh, to get more of the, let's say, people in their house to, uh, to be online by, uh, by having not just the connectivity, but also the hardware to do that. So we see these things, um, you know, that happened. Um, and, you know, we think, uh, um, yeah, an opportunity that actually many of them, uh, many of them did, uh, did grasp. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Tom, we're, we're coming up to the end here. Uh, so I just want to, to really thank you for your time and, and also to uh, invite people to check out the, the EY's work. Specifically here, we've been talking about the, the uh, Decoding the Digital Home uh, report, uh, but there's plenty of, of uh, information that, that you can have a look. And, and we'll put um, some information on the show notes as well to, to get people there. But in the meantime, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. It's been wonderful to to get your thoughts on some of the key trends around uh, the digital home. Thank you, Alejandro. Enjoyed it. Lovely. And thanks so much for, for listening in, of course, another week. Uh, stay tuned for more great interviews coming your way. You can, of course, hit subscribe on any of the main podcasting apps or, as always, here on FierceTelecom.com. Until next time, thanks for listening and take care. Bye-bye.